You're listening to the Thinker What Works podcast. I'm your host, Jason Todd, with my co-host, Alex Gary, and today, Stephanie Caltagirone. She's the owner of Magpie, a restaurant here in Rockford. She's going to be discussing making a leap, doing the work to sustain that, and then what do you do during a disaster? Stephanie, it is a pleasure to have you on this evening. Magpie, tell us about Magpie and how that came about. Well, um, I had been a restaurant accountant consultant for a couple of decades, and I always knew I wanted my own restaurant. And I figured with that much experience actually, you know, being behind the scenes of a restaurant, I had a better idea than most what I was in for. Um, Because so many times people, like new new clients would come to me and they'd say, oh, I've just always wanted a restaurant. I'm like, have you ever owned a business? No. (laughs) No, but I like to cook. Right. And it's like, okay. Um, well, then you should be a cook. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot of times, you know, those those situations didn't work out very well. Yeah. So um, I love to cook, and I, I felt I was um, better prepared than most yeah. to, to know the, the amount of work and the, the kind of work that it was going to take to get something like that up and running. Yeah. Especially next to a condemned building on a block. Right. The city and state had basically written off for a couple of years. Yeah. You chose to open up in a distressed area of this market. I did. Why Why was that? Well, I, I had looked at a number of places. Um, and this one just, it was, uh, it was in the middle of tax season, actually, when the sign went up. It was mid-January. And I thought, oh, there's no way I'm going to be able to get that because I, I can't I can't think about this during tax season so I, I called the, the landlord explained you know what I did for a living and I said if anyone if anyone serious comes in give me a call and nobody did and uh, May 1st I called him started the process and awesome. it was a long process yeah so when did Magpie officially open we officially opened December 21st of 2015 so again, so May it took you from May to December to get open. What were you working on at that time? Well, it's been an interesting road. Just I, I thought I knew like what to expect to, that would jump up out of nowhere. So two days after I got my keys, um, the street was ripped out, <laughs> and they said, I, I, "I all of a sudden there's they're ripping out my street." And right. I thought, oh. Well, that'll be interesting. Um, guys, how long is that going to take? Oh, three months. Wow. More, more like just over seven. No way. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my, my hood was delivered. A huge, takes equipment to move it. Yeah. 16 feet long, stainless steel. It arrives early. I have no sidewalks. I oh, have man. no street. We literally had to go buy rollers at the hardware store oh and roll it through the gravel to get it in the, the front door it was yeah it was interesting it thought never a dull moment so that, a restaurant <laughs> so a restaurant consultant who's more prepared than most now mm-hmm. all of a sudden you move in and you've got this street torn out for seven months right oh man that's terrible yeah yeah it was great um the other thing that i didn't realize um most of my clients were men Okay. The vast majority, oh, I sure. think, of most restaurant owners probably are. Um, they certainly were with my clientele. 
So I knew exactly what it cost to build out a restaurant. I'd set up probably seven restaurants in the previous five years. I knew what plumbers cost. I knew what hoods clock cost. It's slightly different if you're a lone woman. Really? Surrounded by tradespeople and really? contractors. How, how so? Um, my bids were much higher. No. Yeah. And if, if I didn't like the way something was done or wanted yeah. changes, I got a, lo- a lot more flack than I'd ever seen any of my clients get. Wow. So, yeah, I had to hire, you know, three hood companies, three plumbers, two electricians, because I I was a woman. I couldn't possibly understand what they were doing or, you know, be able to correct something or, or, God forbid, just know how I wanted my restaurant to look. Right. Yeah, it's your restaurant. It is. (laughs) It is. At the end of the day, it, it is my restaurant. And if I want a wall here, then that's where I want the wall. Yeah. But... It wasn't that easy. Oh, my. Yeah. I, that, I Totally unexpected. I mean, in my former life, everything I've done professionally or in the community, I had never encountered that. Had no idea. So that was another surprise early on. So, so yeah, then um, we had to take a restaurant that had not been updated since, oh, I don't even know, probably the 70s. And well, there'd been there'd been restaurants in there, but they hadn't, they hadn't changed anything. anything. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I I think I've eaten there four different under four different names in that in that location. I didn't eat there until it was Magpie. Okay, you did eat there when it was Magpie. I did eat there when it was Magpie. Oh, okay. <laughs> I remember looking. Sure. I remember looking up the ceiling and going, "I recognize that ceiling because if you step out here, was, it's the same ceiling. It it's like all the buildings built in that era had the same kind of ceilings." So you and know. you never saw that with the previous restaurants that were there, did I you? I didn't notice it. No. no, it was a filthy, filthy drop ceiling. Yeah. And mm-hmm. the first thing, before I even signed the lease, I said, okay, the first thing has to go is the ceiling. And he was like, oh, no, you can't do that. It'll be so loud. And I'm like, I, people kind of expect that in a restaurant now. Right. You know, it's not, there's not going to be carpet and right. low muffled. <laughs> yeah. And I said, besides, people have been smoking in, yeah. under the ceiling for like 50 years. So. <laughs> And we pulled it down, and it was completely intact. Yeah. had to be refinished, but completely intact. So that was nice. You'll be sad to know the tin ceiling is no longer. Oh, no. Oh, the heat? Really? No, the water. Oh. Yeah, so for our listeners, you opened up on December 21st, 2015, and fast forward then, what, a year and a half yep. later-ish, mm-hmm. a massive fire destroys massive. the building next to you. On June 25th of 17. Wow. What so a ride. How did you find out? What was About the fire? Yeah. <laughs> um, I went out. So one of my staff was out, out back. We have a, our employee parking lot right behind our building. And uh, she was out back on break, and I was going to go talk to her. And somebody was over in the federal building front lawn yelling, your building's on fire, your building's on fire. And took a couple feet back and looked up and went, no, it's all good. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, your building's not on fire. Right. And then he kept going, no, no, next door. And so I had oh, run, ran out and around the corner, and the entire rear first floor of the Hanley building had, was engulfed in flames. And then we heard a siren off in the distance, which, you know, we, you know I think we'd heard one earlier, and then all the trucks started coming in. And within five minutes, the entire rear of the building was engulfed. And 
all of these firemen and fire chiefs and just came swarming at me. They wouldn't let me go back in the building. So for five minutes, I don't even know what I yelled at my staff through the back door. But I had two minutes to get everybody out. Wow. But I couldn't go in because I think they thought I wouldn't come back out in time. Sure. Which I probably wouldn't have. Right, yeah. And um, I hear my staff did a great job. Right. I, I, I yelled a bunch of things at them to do. That's really all I remember. And then the next thing I remember was I turned around and they were all clustered in the parking lot. And one of them was holding a to-go cup and a full pot of coffee. And I, was, I said... Oh, my. They said, brought that out with them. You brought that out? <laughs> not, not one of you grabbed the bourbon that's on the shelf <laughs> <laughs> that we just made a cake with? Really? And then my last server came out carrying my purse, the cash register drawer. There's money oh, flapping man. in the wind, my briefcase. She goes, I thought these were important. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, right? Yes, thank you. They are. <laughs> So I spent the next four hours walking around with a pot of coffee in my hand and just drinking right from it. And Right. I'm sure you didn't know what to do. No. Just wandering. No. It's, I mean, you couldn't take your eyes off of it. Right. It was so large of a fire. I'd, I've never seen anything like it. And the first thing, you know, once they got the trucks and the hoses and everything, they came up to me, a couple of firemen, and said, Saving magpie is our first priority. Try to try to believe that. I said, okay, yeah. And then I sat and watched the building burn for like the next 11 hours. So, and that building shared a wall with your building. We have a party wall. Yes, we do. Because hmm. I hadn't thought about that. Because when you drive by it now, it's like half, it's like, it's a wall, <laughs> but it, right. it looks like it's barely, you know, standing up. So where is your, where are you in the process of <laughs> first, get, you know, trying to get reopened, and then the whole seven steps of grief thing that we were talking about before the before the show. I'm on the final step. <laughs> um, well, that's that's positive. <laughs> there are, I I honestly don't know where to begin. I I don't have an answer. I I still don't have estimates. I still can't get in my building. I still don't know if I have a building to go back to. Um, we still don't know if the wall is stable. And it's day 60 mm -hmm. today. Yeah, I was looking. You said June 25th. We're two months away. Are, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. day 60. And it's still the first day after a fire. I mean, I've seen plenty of restaurants catch fire. And while I think, you know, the fire department absolutely did everything they could, Northern Illinois Service was amazing at how they were able to take that without taking my building with it yeah because we were built off of that building oh yeah the so two were connected I yeah mean, a, a person who was who doesn't understand building probably thought they were the same building at some point probably yeah. yeah um so so what's weird is that i've had 60 days and you know i had that that loss and i've gone through many many different emotions and mindsets throughout the thing but when it all comes down to it, I've not been able to have, like, one accomplishment towards rebuilding. It's still day one. So you have nothing moving you forward at this point? No. What is the, the holdup? We don't know if the wall is stable. 
And you haven't been able to get people in to test it? or how They tested that... it. Okay. Well, somebody forgot to order the test for a couple of weeks, and then they ordered it and said it would be expedited. And then it's been a couple of weeks. And then the landlord has told some of the tenants that their lease is up because maybe he's not rebuilding it. So how he can, I mean, I know what Miley says, but um, it remains to be seen whether I have a building to move in back into. And, I mean, if the wall's unstable, then my landlord's insurance company has to fight with the Hanley Building Insurance Company because they're responsible for maintaining that wall. There, there's an agreement from 1899 that says what? so. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So yeah. you're, you're, you're... Oh, I, I do have one more thing just, to, uh -huh. just so we can get the full scope of the dysfunction that is my catastrophe. Um, and the day after the fire, I'm set to go in front of uh, city council for my liquor license. Oh no! Yeah. Wow. So at 12:01 a.m. on June 26th, I cancel with my insurance company and start with a new insurance company. So the insurance company that covered me during the fire is no longer my insurance company, which was all done weeks in advance in order to have liquor liability the next day. Sure. Only so, the timing on it. Right. So they're not really too concerned about like whether or when they pay me at all. So that's making it all more fun. Wow. So what is it? You know, I mean, you were running a restaurant, which is an all-encompassing kind of business, right? You're oh, thinking yeah. about it every single day. No, I mean, do you have enough people? Do you have enough food? What you know? How can you cut this cost? How you cut? What is a day like now for you? Huh. Um, there's not a lot. There's not nearly as much structure. Um, I'm not nearly like as physically tired from running 75 hours a week. Um, and more than anything, I miss cooking. I miss you know, my staff, my customers, my restaurant. Your staff, now I heard some of your staff went to uh, one of the other restaurants in town. Have they all been able um, to? No, actually, uh, yeah, Beaveru came forward first and said, you know, if any of, you know, your employees want temporary employment, we'd be happy to take them. Um, so have other restaurants. And the, the restaurant community has been absolutely lovely. Mm -hmm. and And that's actually was one of the surprising things to me, not ever having had um, any of my restaurant clients be located downtown, but the camaraderie of, and the welcoming from all of the other restaurants that are already established was really heartwarming. Like that was one of the most encouraging things while I was building out the restaurant was that everyone came forward mm -hmm. and we all eat at each other's restaurants and hey, I have tables, do you want these tables? Hey, I'm selling this, I mean, it was, that was something I had not seen um, in the restaurant field prior to moving downtown. So that was that was one of the one of the positives. Equally kind of devastating in a way is that well, I was eating there one morning and I was looking across the street and that's where the city of Rockford wants to build this huge hotel. You know, this hotel opens up and you are in the catbird seat. Well, that's kind of why I said it's going to be a rough couple of years. We're going to be broke. We're going to be next to a condemned building, but it'll be worth it. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, 
poof. Yep. So talk about you saying you're in the last stage of grief. What do you mean by that? Well, actually talking about it now, maybe I'm still in like the whole depression mode. But um, I, I mean, I think I think I'm coming around. I'm much less depressed than I have been for you know, a week or two. To accepting that, you know, okay, this is what it is. Um, there are only so many channels or actions I can take to salvage my space at this building, and I'll continue to do those. But at this point, um, more than anything, we want a restaurant back because I've done a, a lot of things in my adult life. I've had a couple different, you know, career choices, and this one really made me happy. So that being the case, um, I mean, I think you guys, like, recently ventured off to do what it is you wanted to do, right? So, I mean, at some point you can be sad, you can be depressed. You can think about the very small minority of people that you come in contact with in a situation like this that make the situation worse because the vast majority of people out there have been overwhelmingly generous and supportive and helpful and present and kind. So at some point you have to come around to what am I going to do to get that back? Maybe it doesn't look exactly the same, but there's got to be a way to do it. So you must have a massive support system that that gives you the strength to kind of move move through this because this was, I mean, this was devastation. Well, um, I, I, I do. I mean, my the customers that have come forward and, I mean, there's... Lots of, I'm not, I guess I'm, not, I'm probably the worst person I know as far as asking for help. Mm-hmm. So, and it's day 60. So I, I spent probably a good 40 of those days in solitude, you know? So, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I do. I need to utilize it better now that I'm to the point where you can't beat a dead horse. Yeah. I, I can't make things happen. I mean, it's it's literally out of my control, which is the most uncomfortable feeling for me. Yeah. But um I I do have a massive support system out there. I just need to actually use it. And yeah. That that'd be the one thing I I know I need to do better. It's at the top of the list. <laughs> well, the the podcast is called What Works. So, you've gone through this huge massive devastating problem it's going to happen to other people. So if you have advice or like, you know, a step-by-step plan people should follow, what would that be if they were for faced with something similar? For a disaster. Hmm. Well, I, I think the, the first thing um, would absolutely be to take people up on their offers. Like when something like this happens, I mean, immediately Paul Slutton or CJ's, CJ's Public House contacted me and said, let's do a pop-up. And you're just in, well, they also assumed that I could get in my building and get my food, right? which, you know, they cut the power, and then I got to go clean up that food 12 days later. Oh, yes. oh wow. That's terrible. And yeah. I'd, I'd like to thank uh, <laughs> Randy Newberg, Mike Dupre, and all of my staff for doing that, because that was the most disgusting oh thing I'd ever done in my life. Yeah. And, oh, you can't imagine. But, um... Take the help when they, when people offer it. 
And I mean, even if you can't do it in that moment, because I mean, you're just in shock at first. It's it, it can't really be happening. It just I walked in. I got the greatest beginner tan of the summer, standing there. Just walk, <laughs> is my building going to crumble? Is my building going to catch on fire? I'm just going to stand here with the masses for three days and watch and yeah. just see. Because right. if it goes, I want to know. I don't want to see it on the news. You right. know. So, um, but I mean, you're never. Even when you feel like you're alone, you're never alone. Um, document, 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 and document some more. Like what? What are you thinking? Well, in my case, it's, I mean, there were lists. There was inventory. There's costs. We had to weigh everything. I had to have, I'm, I'm pretty organized. Like, I live in a paper world. That's what I like. Um, but the amount of documentation required, like, I, I literally need to be able to lay my hands on a jar of cumin that I bought five months ago. That's ridiculous. Um, it really shouldn't be that hard because I also have to take pictures of it all so you know that it was there. But then you have to – it's it's so much documentation. And then you submit it all to the insurance company, and they send you a letter back saying they want four of those things again. So that might just be my insurance company. But um, – so I, I would say, yeah, rely on the people. Use use the offers of help that people give you. Um, that's first and foremost. If I hadn't had a friend who had gone through a similar thing that I could, you know, call to yell or cry or whatever, but just, just you know, if it's having someone there that has been through the exact same thing was very helpful. Um just to know what to expect. And I don't know, my grandmother, which is where the name magpie comes from. Like, I don't know. I was just always raised, you can have a pity party, just don't be the last guest there. <laughs> so, I mean, good one. you know. We should put that on our You wall. can have a pity party, <laughs> just don't be the last guest there. I love that. Um, and there are days, like, you know, throughout the process, there are days when you – you just maybe shouldn't be talking to anybody <laughs> because, you know, I had somebody say, I'd never seen you so angry. And I was like, well, gee, I guess you'd never seen me lose, like, everything. Right. So, yeah, anger's going to come. Yeah. But it passes. Yeah. For a little bit, at least. So and what's next for Magpie? What do you What do you need now? Um. Well, I'm... My insurance is not going to cover all of my losses because you don't. It's it's the it's it's everything about this whole situation is weird. From the insurance company being canceled and switched at midnight to, and the very day of it to. I mean, we didn't have a fire. It just rained in my building for a week, and eight million gallons of water were you know shot at my building, and everything molded because I can't get in my building. I mean, it's. Even when you prepare, like, you think you're covered. Right. When something this bizarre and unusual, because this is not a normal fire. Right. It would be, it, it, took, it took 59 days to get Comcast to move my phone number to my house. 59 days. <laughs> you know, it's, nothing goes according to plan. Um, uh, I think we will be starting a GoFundMe this week. Because no matter what, uh, if we get, if we do, ideally, I would, I would love to be back in our original space. 
on Main Street. Um, but I have to have a backup at this point. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of, we didn't talk too much about it, but the, the whole building out of, of that building, so much of that I can't recoup because I, I didn't pay for it. I did it. So, I mean, there was green carpet over a green tile over the terrazzo floors you see. And it was like $12 a foot to pay somebody to refinish them. And I was like, well, we don't. That's a big, that's a lot of floor. Yeah. So guess what we did on rollers, like five of us by hand, you know, it's. Yeah. And you can't get that covered. It won't come back. Well, right. I mean, I'm just saying that if I have to build out again somewhere else, I don't have the luxury of time Mm -hmm. that I did the first time. Um. Or the money I had the first time. Mm-hmm. So funds are going to be an issue. Um, I think we are going to do some pop-ups um, just to make sure that everyone remembers what we were about. And uh, Well, how this podcast came about was um, we had eaten there and we were going to have our, our opening party here. And so we were talking on who you know, we'd want to cater. And I was like, well, I think Stephanie could use the work right now. Unfortunately, you couldn't get in to do any food. Right. Yeah. So hopefully those those opportunities keep popping up for you. Yeah. Yeah. I think they will. And um, Oh, and here's a weird twist. So uh, Magpie was supposed to be at City Market. We were supposed to take the last half. And obviously we had to bail from that. And I had wanted to do like baked goods because I make all the desserts and, you know, everything at the restaurant. And... Um, and the coffee cake, which everyone seems to love. And they also make the jam every day. We serve fresh homemade jam. No preservatives, just fruit and sugar. It's lovely. So I thought, I'm going to sell that at City Market. I'll sell jam and our baked goods. That should be easy, right? No, 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 no. I can't. Magpie can't make jam and sell it. I can make it, and I can feed it to people in my restaurant. I can make it. I can put it on a pie shell and sell it at City Market. I cannot make it put in in a jar and sell it at City Market. Is that a health department thing? Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, but I can, I can start a whole new company right. and make it in my kitchen at home. So that's what I'm going to do. Like on days when I can't get anything else accomplished, I'm just going to make some damn good jam. <laughs> damn good jam. I love it. Well, is, is there anything you'd like to leave us with, Stephanie, before we go? Um, I don't know. It seems like we talked mostly about disaster. And I think, I don't know. I think I just would like people to know that, I mean, I think it's going to be okay. I think that my son and I, um, loved it too much for it not to be. Hopefully a year from now, we'll do another podcast on how, you know, how you overcome disaster. Yeah. That would be nice. I should definitely be in that phase by then. Okay. That's awesome. Well, Stephanie, uh, we, we're sorry for the current, current phase, uh, in this, this situation that you're in. Um, but from, from our standpoint as well, I think that if there's a silver lining in some of this, it's that when you reopen Magpie, if you do these pop-ups, if you've got this jam, you have more publicity now than Magpie has probably That's, ever had. I thought we had really good publicity opening up, but I think you're right. Yeah. And I think this next phase uh, is going to be even better 
uh, after you fight through this loss. I think so too. Well, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. We're going to look forward to what you're going to be doing next. All right. Thanks for having me.